morning. Uh, to those of you that, uh, that may be new with us, as Mikey said, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you joining us. And yeah, we are online only today and next week. And while it's not ideal, uh, I really felt, uh, along with uh, the rest of the staff, that, that this was the right decision for us to make. Uh, unfortunately, we've just got an, uh, what I'll call an uncomfortable amount of, uh, of COVID going through. Uh, some of the uh, some of some key people within our church and and I mean all of us are key people but in, in terms of making Sunday mornings happen uh, and all of that and so this really just felt like the right decision uh, to do for a couple of weeks and let us get healthy and be able to come back strong and so uh, so happy new year and um, and we are uh, we're so glad uh, that we can still have church that we can still get together and we can get together online uh, and that the Holy Spirit is is not only here but but there with you as well and so um, just because we can't meet in person right now doesn't mean that we can't have church because the church uh, is a people, not a building. And so uh, we're thankful that we have uh, the technology and that God's blessed us with the ability to be able to, uh, to get together and still have church anyway. So uh, before I get into the message, uh, I do want to remind everybody, because this is really only our second year going into our second full year of existence as Connect Church, that the month of January is a month of renewal and that in the month of January is when we renew our membership covenant and renewal uh, to continue to remain a member of Connect Church. Now, if you're not a member of the church, then this announcement isn't uh, necessarily for you. Um, but uh, we, we have uh, what we call a covenant, a covenant renewal, which is not a contract and it's not a, a business deal. It's a gracious undertaking with the Lord. Uh, according to scripture, it's a promise between you and God. And the way that this works as a member of the church is that every year in January, you renew your covenant, renew your commitment to the Lord to be a member and active participant of Connect Church, not just a spectator. Uh, we believe that the Bible says we should be active participants uh, in our local body of believers. And so this is the month that we renew that commitment to the Lord for the next year. And so you can do that a couple of ways. Um, obviously, the easiest way right now is on our website. I believe it's the fourth card down on our website, if I remember right. It says Membership Covenant and Renewal. And so if you are a member of Connect Church, please just jump there as soon as the service is over. Fill that out. It'll take you three seconds to fill it out. Uh, but it will also update us with, uh, with your contact information and all of those things. Um, and, uh, and so I would ask that, that you do that. And we've got the entire month to do that. We may extend that a couple of weeks because of our shutdown for, uh, for COVID and all of that uh, to be able to, to renew that. But that is for participating members and it's really between you and God. Um, and so if you would renew that online and get on that as soon as possible, that would be great. And if you're not a member of Connect Church, then be on the lookout for our next Connect 101 class that uh, I know we will get on the calendar here soon, as soon as we can make some better decisions about what's uh, moving forward. I know that we're gonna have another class on there as well as another baptism service that I know uh, we usually line up with that as well. So just stay tuned as we hopefully get to open up things a little bit more moving forward. And we're trying to make uh, the best decisions we can for the safety of all of you, for our church family, for the safety of our church family, because obviously we love our church so much. So um, let's pray and, uh, and we'll get into the message. I just wanna ask God to, to bless uh, the reading of his word here. So pray with me if you would. Father, I thank you so much that we can get together uh, online, uh, that we can still get together and have church. Uh, so Lord, I pray that, uh, that now as we uh, read your word, as we see what you have for us, Lord, that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would move and you would speak to us and open our eyes and our hearts to what you have. Lord, I wanna lift up those that are, uh, are feeling sick right now within our church family 
that are maybe suffering from, uh, from some of the symptoms in that of COVID. I know we've got people on every end of the spectrum from those that have just a little bit of a cough to those that may even be in the hospital right now. And so, Father, I pray for healing and for your, uh, your hand to be over each and every one of them, Lord, and that you would uh, heal our, our church, heal our, our community, our state, our country. Father, I pray that you would just drive this virus out uh, sooner rather than later. Um, Father, I pray again now as we look to your word that you would, um, you would speak to us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So 2020 has definitely turned our world upside down and um, in, in more ways than we can really imagine. Globally, locally, individually, everything really last year was the opposite of what we expected it to be, of what we thought would happen. And you know, when Jesus came and he began his ministry, it was very much the same way. Now, there wasn't a, a pandemic necessarily happening and, or anything along those lines. People weren't confined to their homes or driven uh, away by fear or, or anything along those lines. But Jesus really turned the world upside down through his teaching. He turned the world upside down because he taught about uh, the availability of the kingdom of God and how that is for everyone. And the availability of the kingdom of God that has come and that is available for anyone and everyone. And I believe that what God has shown us through 2020, that there are definitely some lessons and some things that we can learn that we can use to push forward into 2021. And we can either be polarized by it, we can be polarized by that and we can take a step back, or we can just sit still, or we can use those lessons that God has shown us to move forward. We can do one of two things there. I believe that if we look to Jesus and we look to his vision, to what the kingdom community is supposed to be, that it will turn our world upside down. It will turn your world personally and individually upside down and in turn will turn our world, those around us that we have the ability to affect upside down. The way that Jesus said that we should live our lives, the way that a kingdom community should act is really a complete upside down perspective from what everyone thought it should be. So we are gonna spend the next few weeks looking at the Sermon on the Mount as we talk about how Jesus turns our world upside down. And the Sermon on the Mount is, is the greatest, it's known as the greatest sermon ever preached. And we're gonna get into that um, and we're gonna go through that in a way that I believe is gonna make a difference not only for you now, but how you jump in to 2021 personally and how it will affect our church community as we move forward through this year and see what God is going to do through us. Uh, you know, I remember when I was uh, seven years old, I actually started taking kung fu classes. Uh, I did uh, Chinese Shaolin kung fu uh, from the time I was seven till I was about 19. And I remember when I took my very first class, funny enough, uh, it was at the church and it was in the room that uh, ended up being the youth department when I became youth pastor in 2008. We ended up uh, renovating that room. But funny enough, my first class was in that room before it had been completely renovated. And of course, my dad had the video camera and I actually have a video of me in my very first class that I'm gonna regretfully show you right now because it's embarrassing in, in some ways. And so here it is, and that, that's me right there. And that's my teacher, uh, Sifu, Wayne Schultz. And this was in that room. And so here's me in my very first class. And it, it was um, literally everything I thought I knew about martial arts or what I thought martial arts was gonna be was completely flipped on its head 
in day one. This was my first class. You can see I showed up in my Karate Kid pajamas. Yep, that's what they were. Karate Kid pajamas. I didn't have a martial arts uniform or anything at the time. And of course, like everybody else in the 80s, Karate Kid was like, you know, I, th I thought that was good martial arts. It's actually not. But um, I thought I would go in and learn to fight, and I didn't. Um, that's not what it was at all. And I learned some really quick lessons really early about what I thought martial arts was going to be versus what it ended up being. Even my teacher ended up being something that was completely upside down. So he's German. He worked at the Akron Jewish Center. Uh, he attended a Baptist church, and he taught Chinese Shaolin Kung Fu at that church. So many things there that are just completely upside down from what you would normally think. Uh, he's a fifth-degree black belt in Kung Fu and was, is just an amazing guy and an amazing man of God and ended up really being a father figure to me in so many ways. Um, and, you know, everything was upside down from what I expected it to be. When I went into that class, I thought it would be one thing. I thought, it, I, thought I would learn to fight and things like that. And actually, that's the complete opposite of what uh, martial arts is really about. If you think that's what martial arts is really about, you don't really know what martial arts is really about. Um, it was completely different from what I expected. I thought I would go in and come out being like Bruce Lee, and nobody's ever been like Bruce Lee, but the, um, at the end of the day, though, it ended up teaching me so many more things. The way that God ended up using that Kung Fu class that I ended up being a part of, that community that I was a part of, um, for the better. God used it in so many amazing ways that I didn't see coming in that first class. I was a little bit frustrated halfway through that first class, and, and even really through the first couple of weeks, I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue, but I'm so glad I did because of the way that God used that in some incredible ways, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But just to kind of set up for you that sometimes there are things in our life that we think are one way, but they're really the complete opposite, and God inverts those things in some ways and turns our world upside down and uses things in ways that we don't even expect. And when it comes to the Sermon on the Mount and it comes to Jesus' very first message that he gives, this really is the first message that he gives. This is very different than what everybody thought it would be. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and we're just going to look at the first few verses there. And I'm going to be in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. And the reason I'm going to use the NASB for these is because it is the best word-for-word -word translation of Scripture that we have. It's known as the gold standard right now. And for what we're going to be looking at, um, because the Bible wasn't written in English, right? And so for what we're going to be looking at, I thought it made a lot of sense for us to look at that. Because you have your word-for-word -word translations and you have your thought-for-thought -thought translations. And both are valuable and there are different ends of that perspective. But this is more, and really, as I said, considered the gold standard of the word-for-word -word translation. So I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 5. And I want to just look at the first two verses here as we do. And you can follow along in the Bible app as you always can. You can jump in the Bible app and look up Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and follow along with me right here. And you can even take your own notes in there as well and save that uh, as we move through this message and through this entire series. So here we go. It says this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, and I want to stop right there, because there's some interesting things to look at here. Jesus sits down, and the fact that he sits down is actually an important thing. He sits down to teach. 
because rabbis sat down when they taught. And you knew that when a rabbi came to sit down, he was going to say some very important things. He was going to be teaching some very important things. And then it says, and I love this, it says, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them. That's a very interesting statement to make as well because much of Jesus' teaching was actually by his actions. He taught a lot by what he actually did. And the fact that he was sitting down and just teaching, he was just going to open his mouth and teach, this was going to be different. This was going to be different. And it was time for Jesus to establish what he and his kingdom were all about. And he gets into what we refer to as the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is where he starts this message. And maybe you've heard uh, some teaching on the Beatitudes before. Um, this may be different than, than how you've heard it. I, I really like to, um, to put things in context, as we should, to rightly divide the word of truth. And when we look at the Beatitudes and what Jesus is saying, these are upside-down statements. They are really the opposite of what we expect. And it's not the do attitudes, it's the be attitudes. It's the be attitudes. And Jesus is not necessarily saying to try and be this or to try and, and be that. This was really a declaration, if you read it in context. He was declaring that there are individuals, that there are people that are this as we go through. And as, as you look at these, and that they are welcome in the kingdom of God and that they are blessed. And that's really what he was getting to. This was a time where only the strong survived. This was a time where the strong survived and prospered and where the weak and the poor were forced to be, well, weaker and poorer. Um, where status mattered way more than anything. Status mattered for your survival. Status mattered. And if you didn't fall in line with the government, then your future journey in life was going to be pretty rough. It sounds a little bit familiar about where we may be now, but you know, the words of Jesus might be exactly what we need to hear and what the community around us needs to hear as we begin 2021. And everybody there, as Jesus sat down to teach, I think they probably thought that he was going to roll out the battle plan. Because those that believed he was the Messiah, I think they really thought he was going to roll out the battle plan because he always had a group around him. He always had tons of people following him, waiting to hear what he, what he was going to say or, or see what he was going to do. And I think in many ways, a lot of people were maybe expecting this to be like a campaign rally or something along those lines where, where he was going to say, listen, we're going to take down Rome and we're going to set up the kingdom of God here and, and we're going to rule. Are you ready to go? Woo! You know, and all of that. And that is not what happened. That is not what happened at all. He, he sits down, he's calm, he's gentle, and he says, blessed. He starts with this word, blessed. Now, it's not hashtag blessed, that's not what I'm getting to here. That's not what Jesus was saying here either. When he's talking about blessed, yes, he's talking about happiness, but, but he's also meaning the inner condition as a result of the work of God in our life. The, your inner condition as a result of the work of God. That's really what he's getting to when he's talking about being blessed. And these simple statements that he makes really get right to the heart of what the culture of the kingdom of God is all about. And it's interesting because the last word of the Old Testament, the last word of the Old Testament in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, 
that last word is curse. And the opening sermon of the Lord Jesus begins with the word blessed. I love the parody in scripture. There's so much of it there. And you know, this is exactly why I believe that we need to hear the words of Jesus right now. Right now, we need the comforting, controlled words of the Savior that bring clarity and perspective about what is really important to a world that is in chaos. Because that's really where we are. And you might say, my world is a wreck, and I don't belong. Jesus says, blessed. You are welcome here. That's what Jesus is saying. And the message doesn't necessarily tell you how to be saved. It, it really tells you what it looks like to be saved. And it's, it's an explanation of what a changed life and the saving grace of Jesus really brings. And in, and in many ways, this was like the longest invitation ever given in, in a lot of ways because he really began with his connection point. If you read the entire Sermon on the Mount, like all in one reading, in many ways, you could say this word was Jesus' connection point. If you're following where he is going with all of that. And these promises that Jesus gives, they, they don't work when the community of God fails to live up to Jesus' expectations. And it's really hard to live up to Jesus' expectations, but it's what we need to strive for. So what Jesus was saying and what Jesus is saying as we go through this is that if this is you, you are welcome here. You are welcome in the kingdom of God. This is what a community will look like now that the kingdom of God has come. And so with all that <laughs> and all that background, let's get to it. So this is the first statement that he makes in Matthew 5, 3. Everybody's expecting him to rally everybody and go. And he says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Salvation through grace is clear in this very first verse. Very first statement that you can't do anything to earn the kingdom of God. And it's better understood like this, because of the kingdom of God, because of the kingdom of God, blessed are the poor in spirit, that they, that they are blessed. And poor in spirit, um, I, think, I think a good way to look at that would be like spiritually malnourished. Spiritually malnourished, like say you have no background, no tradition, maybe you didn't grow up in church the way that I did, or, um, or, or maybe, you, maybe you did a little bit, but, but you, you haven't been around it much, or maybe you've never been to church at all, and and you're, you're really new in your faith. And, and so that, this, this is you. You have no tradition, no heritage of this. You feel like you don't even know what's going on with, with a whole lot of it. Guess what? This is a blessed day for you. If this is, Jesus is talking to you in this particular statement. You don't have to be worthy of it. You don't have to be worthy of it. You just have to receive it. And so if that's you, then that's fine. You're in a great place. You're in a great place and you are loved and accepted and welcomed into the kingdom of God. And, and if it's not you, then, then you have a responsibility to show those that are poor in spirit. If you already get this and you already are in the kingdom of God and you are not poor in spirit, but you're in the kingdom of God, then we have a responsibility to bring those that are into the community of God. And you're going to see that as we go through each one of these, that there are two sides to the coin, that for those that are you are welcome. For those that aren't, we have a responsibility to, to bring those along that are. Next verse, 
Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, what he's not saying here is try to be sad, and then you'll have comfort. It doesn't mean that we should just try to be sad all the time. This isn't necessarily Jesus saying these are character traits that you should have, that you should attempt to try to have all of these character traits. He's more making a declaration of if this is you, then you're welcome in the kingdom of God. Should we be sad for our sins? I've, I've heard that before. I've read that before. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should, but that's, that's not really Jesus' point here is that we should just be moping and sad and mourning for our sins all the time. That's, that's not exactly what he's saying. But say if there's a widow or, or someone who, who has, has lost someone in, in their family. I know I think of the Burdett family who's, who's lost uh, a, a, few, a, a couple of people just in the last couple of weeks between Kate and Ruth. Um, that I know that that family is in, in mourning right now and we love them and they're a part of our church family. And, and that family has had a tremendous impact on my life as well. Um, but I know that that's a family that is, that is in mourning. And I know there are other people in our church family that are in mourning right now as well, and those that have been lost in, 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 in different places in that particular, uh, particular area there, that this is a place to heal, that the kingdom of God is a place that, that you can heal, that you can be accepted in a community that can help and comfort you. That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be, that we're supposed to come together. And so if you're sad, it's okay. It's okay. This, this is a place where, where you can belong. And for those of us that aren't, that it's our job to extend comfort to them. So you can see where Jesus is saying to, to everybody that's there, that's maybe feeling in, in, in different ways and, and are going through different things in their life, you are welcome in the kingdom of God. Let's look at the next verse. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. In verse 5. Now, uh, another translation of this says the meek. Blessed are the meek. Meek really means, it's not a word you hear people use a lot, but uh, meek really means uh, strength under control. That's a good way to, to look at the word meek. Strength under control. And, and some people just are this. That's just who they are as, as a person. But it doesn't mean that we necessarily should try to be this. We should not try to be that. Um, but it's not even necessarily something we should strive for. If God didn't wire you that way, um, maybe that's not something that you should try hard to, to lean into. But this world says, you know, blessed are the strong, for they will get political power, they will get the promotion. Blessed are those people. That's not what Jesus was saying. You know, there is power in a gentle person. There is power in a gentle person. People like this can get pushed around. Back in the day when Jesus said this, there was a lot of uh, poverty and, and mourning and meekness. And even today, there might be some people that you know in this world that are in a place of maybe spiritual poverty or even legit poverty and, in, and, in, and are, are meek people. But the spiritual person finds, finds blessing in being a new creation and being a new creature. And so within this community, it says you have inherited everything that you need. If this is you and this is the way that you're wired, you're welcome here. And you've inherited everything you need within the kingdom of God. You're blessed. Verse 6. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. 
hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Now, this is referring to, to justice and fairness, I think is a better way to, to look at this. That's more what Jesus is talking about here. And if you're looking for this, within the kingdom of God, you will get what you need. You will find what you need. No matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter your social class, your gender, your race, in the kingdom of God, you will find what you need from Jesus. And on the other side of this, you know, in, in every culture, and, and ours, of course, as well, there, there is a class system. Fair or unfair, it exists. Um, and, and some people have an advantage over another. And if you were born with a leg up, then you have a responsibility. According to God's word, you have a responsibility to make sure that this idea of equality within the kingdom of God remains true. You have a responsibility for that, and that everyone has a seat at the table, and that they're invited to come in. Because that is the culture of the kingdom of God, is that everyone is invited in, in any way, shape, or form that, that God has formed them, that they are invited to be a part of that, and that, as it says here, they will be satisfied within the kingdom of God. Jesus was establishing the culture of the kingdom of God. I'm really big on creating culture, and I think we have an amazing culture here at Connect Church that we need to continue cultivating to look like the kingdom of God even more than we already have. I think we can still continue to move that forward because our churches shouldn't just reflect the way that we look, just reflect the way that it looks just like us. It should reflect the way that the kingdom is supposed to look according to Jesus and should be a melting pot in many ways um, from, from various angles and perspectives. And you know, these first four Beatitudes, they were a complete curveball. Jesus threw a complete curveball with these because this is not at all what, what people thought he was gonna say. Everybody that was listening and following Jesus looking for hope and love and acceptance, they found it within the first nine sentences that came out of his mouth. They probably weren't expecting this to happen, but as he was going through these, he was breaking everybody down. I love to say that God is in the, in the business of breaking us apart so he can put us back together. And as you go through these verses, you can see how he was picking apart every kind of person that was sitting there and every kind of person that was feeling like they were on the outs and weren't feeling loved and weren't feeling accepted by the world were feeling loved and accepted by Jesus and his kingdom and his community because you are welcome in the kingdom of God. You are welcome in the kingdom of God. Yes, even you. You may be thinking, I, no, I'm not. You, you, Jay, you don't know me. You don't know my perspective. But you know what? The kingdom of God is exclusively inclusive. And I love that statement. It, it's exclusively inclusive. Jesus is the only way. His way is the only way. But all are welcome to be a part of that. And if that phrase bothers you, well, I'm sorry. Um, you can be mad at God. Don't be mad at me because Jesus says that he is the only way. And the word of God says that he is the only way and that his way is the only way. But all are welcome to be a part of that. And while that is true, what's also true is that many will reject this entire idea for all of those same reasons. For all of those same reasons, because Jesus calls us higher and he calls us to throw away our old self and to put on the new self. Even as it says in Colossians 3.10, he says, if you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of his creator. 
that we are to be renewed in the knowledge of God every day. And, and that, that helps us to put on our new self every day because it's a process that we're going through all the time because he loves us too much to let us stay in our old way of doing things. He loves us too much to let us stay in our filth, in our old self, and in our old preferences. He loves us too much to let us stay in our sin. So he confronts that and he tells us that, but he loves us and accepts us and welcomes us. But the first place to start is to realize that wherever you are starting from, wherever your starting place is, wherever you feel like you're sitting right now, that place that you're starting from, that you are welcome in the kingdom of God. But Jesus loves you too much to let you stay where you are. He loves you too much to allow your personal preferences to continue guiding you down a path that maybe he doesn't think is the best for you. And what God thinks matters a whole lot more than what we think. And you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing because if this is you, say these first four statements, say you fall into the, that one of those categories in some way, shape, or form, then you are welcome in the kingdom of God. And, and if it's not you, if you're like, well, that, that may be not be me right now in this season of life that I'm in, then you have a, responsibil- a responsibility to comfort those who are. We shouldn't necessarily try to achieve these things. Um, they are just statements of, of what is true because there are people that just are that. That's where they are in life. They're statements of the reality of what it looks like, though, to come into the kingdom of God. Look at what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Some of these statements should, should give us an impulse as a community to help make these things true for those that are feeling or are in the season that they're in. We need to make sure that we are a place, as a church, that we are a place where those who mourn can be comforted, and all the way down the list. We need to make sure that we are that kind of place, and if you understand that you are blessed, then you are blessed to be a blessing to others. You are blessed to be a blessing to others, so they can, in turn, do the same. We are about, and by we, I mean the kingdom of God, the church, we are about making disciples who make disciples, and it's got to start there. It's got to start with us, and that has to be the culture that is created, and that's the culture that Jesus was establishing when he made these first statements, because the kingdom of God is upside down. The kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom from the worldly perspective. From the perspective of this world, Upside down means that the, the upper part is where the lower part should be. And also the lower part is, you know, maybe where the upper part should be. And it's really an inverted position. And by the world's standards, even the way that our brains work when we think through some of these things and when we run into certain circumstances, this seems inverted. But that's exactly why it's good news. That's exactly why it's good news. Because Jesus is the opposite of what you expect. Jesus is the opposite of what you expect. Even if you're having a bad day, you're struggling, 
this is a place. And by this, I, I definitely do mean Connect Church, but also the kingdom of God. That this is a place that will accept you just as you are, and we will do all that we can for you. You have found in God and in a community a place where you can be. A place where you can be. And if you aren't, then it's your responsibility to extend the love of Jesus to those around you. Overall, what Jesus is saying here is blessed are those who don't think that they're blessed because the kingdom of God has come. And in this community, you have everything that you need. By the way, that Kung Fu class that I was talking about at the beginning that I showed that video of, that ended up really being my first introduction to ministry, funny enough. That class ended up turning into a traveling demonstration team. By the time I was eight or nine, we had a traveling demo team where we would go around and we would do demonstrations at different places, at camps and at all kinds of different things. And I had to memorize scripture to be a part of it. In fact, I still remember my verse was Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the entire team had to learn Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which is for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we all had to learn that to even be on the team. And it really ended up being my first introduction to being a part of ministry and I didn't even really realize it. I got to see hundreds of students and kids come to Christ through doing martial arts. Never would have seen that coming. And God used that to prepare me. I have no doubt God used that to prepare me for this. Without a doubt in my mind, getting into martial arts when I was seven prepared me for this time and this season of my life right now. And at the beginning of that first class, I felt like um, I had nothing that I needed. I, I didn't really think I had anything that I needed when I attended that first class. And it turns out it was exactly what Jesus had in mind for me. I was so blessed by that community and that culture that I got to be a part of until I was 18 or 19. And I got to bless others through it because Jesus is the opposite of what you expect. And so my connection point for the day is that in Jesus, you are blessed with everything that you need. You're blessed with everything that you need. You may not know enough you might be depressed. You might be looked at as weak. You might want to, to do better, but you don't feel like you know how to or that you even can. 2021 might look to you like you're just not enough. Like you're not enough and, and that you can't make it. And you know what Jesus says? Come on. You're blessed. You are blessed. And this is a place for you. You belong in the kingdom of God. His kingdom compared to the world is upside down. Everybody in that crowd that was sitting there listening to him was broken by the time he got through his first nine verses and realized that this is a place for all of us and this is not at all what we thought the kingdom of God was going to be, but that we are loved and accepted to be here and to be a part of it. You may not have it all together. You may feel like you don't have it all together. You are not just welcome you are blessed. You're blessed. And so let him turn your world upside down. You will not regret it. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much 
I thank you so much that all of us are welcome into the kingdom of God. I thank you that you love us so much that you won't let us stay in our filth. God, you, you love us too much to let us stay there. And you call us to something higher and something greater, Lord. And, but you love and accept us as we are. And you want to move us forward into your kingdom. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that we would all get our head around that as part of creating and continuing to move forward with the culture of your kingdom through Connect Church. I pray for each and every person that's watching and is a a part of this church community right now. And Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that they would go to our website at connectchurch.xyz slash next, get more information about that, or even reach out to the church so that one of us can, can get in contact with them, pray with them, and show them how to be saved. Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every one of us as we start this new year, that you would be with our church as we start this new year. God, I pray for those within our church family that are not feeling good, that, that are, are being affected by this virus. I pray that you would heal them. But Lord, we are all affected by the virus of sin. And so Lord, I pray that we would all come to you and we would start this new year fresh with knowing that we are all accepted and loved into the kingdom of God and moving forward in how you've called us to live. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that you are ready for what God has in store for you and for Connect Church as we move into 2021, because in Jesus, we are all blessed. So thanks for joining us, and I hope that you have a blessed week. See you next week.